Join Dennis Seagrave for Den at Ten. Hello. Well, what to talk about this week? It's been a strange week with a few highs and a few lows. My son's birthday today, so I went over yesterday, took him a present and a card and all the rest of it. He works nights, so he was fast asleep at the time, so I just left left the things with him and then wished him a happy birthday by text today. A downpour most of the day yesterday. There was me thinking, I'm supposed to be shooting tomorrow. Not been for several months. So I thought, yes, I'm going to give it a try. Holidays and working on the canal boats and such like had robbed me of my Sunday mornings, so I wasn't able to go. Been away a lot over August and September. And each time it was for eight or ten days, so we missed two Sundays. Although we only shoot every other Sunday, the fact as we'd gone for that length of time missed, meant I missed at least one shoot each time we were away. Anyway, the holiday season's over and I can work out which boat trips I want to do and avoid Sunday mornings if I can. Well, this morning, dawn bright and sunny. A bit cool, a bit windy, but I thought I'm going to give this a go. So it was a case of uh, get up early, take Monty a good walk, get him his breakfast, have my breakfast, and then get all my different gear together to go for a shoot. Cartridges, waterproof, just in case shooting vest and of course the gun we only go on every other Sunday morning just for a bit of a clay shoot 50 targets and see how we get on been going there now for ooh, 40 years I think since I first joined that club but I've always enjoyed it and Gone through ups and downs. We've been to two different places for our home. They've actually had three different places, but I wasn't there at the original one. The Butterley Railway apparently increased the area that they were working in, and we had to move from there. And we went up to Clay Cross, or just outside Clay Cross, on the edge of the moors. And we shot up there for several years. Then the owner passed away, somebody else took over and they, they didn't want us up there anymore. So it was a good move actually, it's brought it a lot closer to home. We shoot a lot closer to home now. Rent a bit of ground and we've got a couple of sheds as we keep our equipment in. So yes, there was ten of us there this morning. Only there for about an hour or so but yeah it was uh, get everything ready load up the car drive over be there set the stalls out get the the clays out in position get the traps and get ready 
to start shooting at 10 o'clock in accordance with our police license to operate the shoot we start at 10 o'clock in the morning and we've got two and a half hours then to complete the shoot it was a good day today nice and bright could see things clearly good clear sky excellent and for the first time in a long while I actually managed to get 10 out of 10 shots on one of the stands it's a bit frustrating really because one of the guys who's been there as long as I have in fact in some of the years past there was only myself him and another chap used to turn up some weeks we really hit the rock bottom for membership at one stage but it's bouncing back now and we've had a few extra members this year there's only about 22 23 members in the club and to be fair if they all turned up on the same day we'd have a job to get the shooting in the two and a half hours we're allowed but usually there's about 10 or a dozen turn up and we have a good laugh bit of fun keep it serious while we're actually taking the shots all regulated I'm the designated safety officer so I keep a check on what's going on I think I only got that job because uh, I spent several years as a health and safety rep and chairman of the health and safety committee at work I'm not qualified as such, but I just use common sense and the knowledge I've got from different things over the years. Some of it is just common sense, you know, you don't, you don't walk in front of the trap when it's armed, you don't walk about in front of where the person is shooting from. It's all common sense. Keep the gun pointed in the right direction so when you're taking your shots, it's not going over the nearby road or any buildings we just have a field of fire that we stick to away from the road and away from a couple of houses that are fairly adjacent but yeah it's been good we're fairly well equipped now at one time a day we had some really old traps huge great things that ran off 240 volts so we'd got a generator in the back of the shed and then great rolls of electric cable to connect the traps to the generator so that the traps were far enough out into the field to give us a good shot and also the triggers were on cables as well so we had to run a cable from the generator to the trap and then a cable from the trap to the trigger to fire it quite a performance to get that all set up and laid out now it's all radio controlled with car batteries to power the traps so it's just a case of wheeling the trap out connecting the battery connecting the sensor and then walking over the field with the radio controlled trigger and doing it that way all remote controlled so much simpler so much easier And we're also fairly close with the money side of things. 
I mean, we, we're always tidy. We use fibre wads. We don't use plastic wads, so as they're littering the fields. And we've got a, a bucket that any spent cartridges go into straight away and we collect them up. Quite a few weeks over the season, I've got a friend who reloads cartridges and uses them for his own use. Which is ideal for us. It saves us trying to dump the cartridges and gives him free cases to go and reload instead of having to buy them from other people. But also, to cook costs, any clays that we don't hit but fall onto the ground on the grass without breaking, we go round at the end of the shoot and collect up as many as we can find put them in the box ready for next trip. They work okay, it saves us money and it stops the clays lying on the farmer's field until they naturally go back to the, the dust and the clay that they came from. I don't know how long it takes to break them down but we'll go one week and have a shoot, we'll go a fortnight later and you don't see much of the clays left on the soil. They seem to break down fairly quickly in the, the rain, the wind and the weather. It's a far cry now because of things like the, the Hungerford shootings and different things that have happened over the years. Even with tighter controls on gun law and gun ownership there is still the odd one that gets through the net and loses the plot, starts shooting and causing grief. You can't legislate for people like that, you just do your best to try and control it. We've all had much try to restrictions. <laughs> Controls now on where we keep the guns. We have to have a, a gun safe bolted to the wall. We have to go through a licence application which now includes a medical report from a qualified doctor to say whether they think you're fit to have a gun or not. So yes, it's got more complicated now. I can always remember being at my granddad's when I went to the farm. He was a typical old farmer. He got a single barrel shotgun. Not the fancy things you have now that are over and under or side by side depending on the configuration of the, the two barrels. It was just a single shot shotgun, single barreled and it was always propped up by the back door. <laughs> really safe. But I'll give him his due, I've been over the fields with him, I've watched him with it, and he'd go out and across the orchard and he'd come back with a couple of rabbits. Their idea of self-sufficiency, I suppose. I don't know what happened to it after they left the farm and my granddad passed away, but it was 
it was there for as long as I could remember it. There was always this shotgun at the side of the back door with strict instructions to us kids that we were not to touch it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Ah, but as time's passed, I've acquired one myself and thoroughly enjoy it now. Quite familiar with how they work and what to do, how to clean them. In fact, I've just finished cleaning it and put it away. Get the residue of gunpowder and soot out of the barrel. Becomes corrosive if you leave it, so you've got to brush it out, put some oil down it. Just keep a bit of light oil on all the different workings, then stow it away in its secure gun safe. Sorry for that bit of quiet there, I just pressed the wrong button on the recorder. Lost me for a few seconds. I hadn't nodded off. No, it's strange how over the years I've drifted away from the countryside. I still enjoy it, don't get me wrong. I still go out, do my walks, go off into the different areas. Always a, a fan of the old, what I call gate leaning. One foot on the bottom rail of the gate, lean my chin and my arms on the top rail and watch the world go by. Always been a fan of that, watch nature. And I think this is the, the thing that has sunk in with me is that I do watch nature. I'm on the lookout for things. As we go a walk, I'll sometimes point something out to Elaine and she'll say, how did you see that? I didn't notice that. I know one day we were down by Fradley Junction and on the opposite side of the canal was a heron. Large as life, only, what's the width of a canal, 20 feet away. And we walked past it and it didn't move, it was intent on what it was doing. And I could see some other people walking up from Oruus towards Fradley Junction and I said, let's sit on this lock gate and just watch. And in groups of twos, threes, fours, these different people walked along the canal side and we sat on the lock gate and watched. And not one of them noticed this heron. They were walking, but they weren't taking any notice of what was going on around them or the area they were walking through. They were just looking at the path in front of them and not taking in what was happening around them. And it's such a shame. There are some great things out there if you just open your eyes and look. I was up at Mallon Cove once and I had the delight of 
my life when for the the only time I've ever seen one I saw a green woodpecker fly from tree to tree I've never seen one before or since Elaine only caught the fleeting glimpse of it because it was going past me before I could register what it was and point it out to her but these are the things that happen I'd not seen many woodpeckers at all in my life and then a few years ago we were in Cornwall and it was a, a day when it was raining when we were in the caravan so we were sat in the van and we were going to go out later in the day regardless of the rain but we decided to have a a bit of a relax and have a coffee and a piece of cake and relax through till lunchtime. And all of a sudden on the lawn in front of us was a greater spotted woodpecker on the lawn feeding off the soil. I didn't think they did that. It took me totally by surprise as I'd seen a woodpecker on the ground. But this is one of the joys of what we do when we go out with the caravan. I've said it before that we just, when we usually go, we use five van sites in a farmyard, a field at the back of the farm or an orchard, or wherever is suitable around the farm buildings. And on several occasions we've been in areas that are quite rich in wildlife. We were in Yorkshire earlier this year. Loads of rabbits around that part. I know, oh, longer ago than I care to remember now, we were near Leek with some friends with the caravans. And as we came over a field one afternoon, we were walking back to the vans and I said, that's a badger. No, can't be. I said, that's a badger. Anyway, we asked at the farm and they said, oh yeah, there's quite a big badger set just over that field there, under the hedge. So like the silly beggars we were, we rubbed ourselves up with a couple of sheets and blankets and went and camped out late in the afternoon, early evening, waiting for it to get a little bit darker and the badgers would come out. And for a couple of nights while we were there, we did this. Watch the badgers. Quite entertaining, particularly if we've got some young. Going around the set, marshalling the youngsters in and out. Very good. But as I say, it's not so often I do it now. As I was growing up, I just had to go out of the back door, go a hundred yards down the, the road and over the railway crossing. And then there wasn't another village for four and a half miles. The odd farm, the odd house. 
but we could go across the fields, down the country lanes. <laughs> Wasn't even so many cars in those days either. It was bliss. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I want to swap my childhood and my upbringing for anything. Yeah, and I was, uh, Elaine was saying this morning, she said, uh, oh, the guy that runs a garage that uh, does our car repairs, he's running the London Marathon this morning. <laughs> oh, good luck to him. Hope he does well. Something that's never appealed to me. You know, you... They talk about it and they show these people in different costumes and different things. And they say, oh yes, these are the fun runners. Fun? 26 and a third miles for fun? No, thank you. The 300 odd yards do me, never mind the 26 miles. But there again, I've not been athletic at that sense. I can walk. I can walk for miles and miles without a problem. Always did. I've only slowed down the distance I walk because Elaine doesn't walk so far. Especially now. She she never could walk as far as I could, but she slowed down a little bit now because of one or two problems. But we do okay. We can get four or five miles in without a problem. And this is what we do when we go away. We find somewhere where we can go a walk. St David's Head was a classic example. Tintagel was another one where we did quite an extensive walk. If we can, we find somewhere where we can stop and get something to eat and drink as we go around. If not, I put some sandwiches in a backpack and we do it that way. I've always been like that. Walk is no problem. I love it. Uphill, down dale, you name it, I'll do it. I've even taken Elaine up Penny Van and Tallyvan, the highest hill in South Wales. Penny Van. It was a good trek, I enjoyed it. I didn't think at one point she'd make it, but she did and she thoroughly enjoyed it. Tallyvan is overlooking Conwy up in North Wales. First did that with uh, a bunch of scouts. We were camping nearby and we went up and did that walk. And I, we, funnily enough, we got the caravan on exactly the same site about 30 odd years later. And I took, uh, took Elaine there and said, come on, this is what I did with the scouts, you'll manage it. <laughs> she was struggling by the time we got back to the caravan, but she was game enough, she did it. Not an easy walk. <laughs> 30 years later, it was tougher than I remembered it, but we got there and we did it. But it was the same with football. I loved my football. I enjoyed my cricket as well, but that was less strenuous. I always tried to field in the slip. She didn't have to run so far then. But football, I loved my football. 
But I was one of the world's worst for training. Same as at school we did athletics. What's the point of running round and round a bit of bit of grass? Cross country was slightly better because you were going over different terrain. You were going from A to B. You weren't running round and round and round for a mile or however far the race was. And it was the same with football training. Some of the strength exercises I enjoyed. I could do those, that's no problem. But this idea of sprinting down the pitch to a cone and turning round and coming back, I didn't enjoy that at all. If we could adjust a train by playing five a side and one-touch football and things like that, I'd have been totally happy, but just fitness training and running and sprinting and all the rest of it, I didn't really enjoy at all. So anybody that's run this London Marathon today, or any marathon during the course of the year, has my great admiration. Not only for their fitness and what they're doing, but their dedication to concentrate the mind to do it. I couldn't, I know I couldn't. I could walk it, but I couldn't jog along and run it like that. Even though there are plenty of things to distract me and keep me interested in what's coming up next. It's a, a feat of strength to be able to do it. I don't know whether there's a time limit on it there or not, but... Uh, I could walk it, but it would take a while. It would now, I'm slowing down a bit. Time and tide is catching up with me, as they say. Time and tide waits for no man. And yeah, time is passing me by. And something happened the other day, and we were talking about it, and I thought, that was 1981. That was 40 years ago. And I'm not alone in this, but I stand there and I think, where did that 40 years go? I can remember what happened so clearly. I can remember the day quite straightforwardly. And you think, well, how have all these other things happened since then? Why am I suddenly 70 instead of 30? And carefree as I try to be and happy as I am with my lot and what we are doing, there is that little bit of fear that creeps in. When you think, where has time gone? Why has something happened so quickly that you haven't noticed it? I lost a friend, a shooting colleague. He actually introduced me to the more modern version of clay pigeon shooting. 
He used to work in the housing maintenance part of the council and I used to go and visit the depots from time to time and he was the manager there and he said one day oh he says I've taken up something you might enjoy and we arranged to go one Sunday morning to see how I took to it and I've been going ever since and when when he passed on somebody says well you were big mates, weren't you? How long had you known him? And I says, oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's about, um, yeah, 41 years I've known him. Longer than I cared to remember. And yes, it happens. It's the same. I was got to... I've got the Quiz League trophies. Not for the Derbyshire League, but for the Belper League. There's a friend of mine and I set up. And I was having them engraved so that I could present them at the AGM in the week. And the front of the shield is full. We have to take one of the little plaques off the front with the winners and the date on and put it on the back now and then replace it with a new one with the current year on it and I was looking at this shield and sorting it out and uh, we'd been asked to set this league up and I said oh, it must be a few years ago now looking at these shields on the front so I turned it over to see what the oldest was one on the back hmm <laughs> 32 years ago we set that up. I know we were hoping when we did it, if it lasted a couple of years, it would be a success in our eyes. If we could get just a couple of three years out of it till people got bored with it. The fact that they haven't means that the basis of how we set it up must have been about right. But every time I see the shield and the cup and everything that goes with it, I must admit there's a little bit of pride in there, a little bit of, not smugness, but you get that happy glow when you think, we did that. Me and Dick set that up. So pleased. It's still going. I had a bit of a break from it for a while, but... I'm chairman of the league again now, back where I started. Well, I say back where I started, when we started, there was just the two of us ran it between us. But as it progressed, it actually grew. And when Dick and myself stopped running it single-handedly, other people took over and they formed a committee and had it all done with treasurers and secretaries and chairmen and so on made a proper business-like attempt at running it. Well done. It worked. And it's still there. And I'm back as chairman. Well, I'll say back as chairman. I've been chairman for a few years now. But I enjoy it. I take pride in it. We have some good question setters. And some good people on the committee who help run it. 
It's a pleasure to be involved. The thing is, I'm not involved with the question setting, so I can play as well. I can play in each each game. Anyway, I think that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Hope to talk to you again soon. Ta-da for now.